0: Hi, everybody. We want to thank our sponsor Legion M. They are a wonderful company. We love working with them. You can go to their website, Legion M. They're also on all the various socials. They do really fun meetups. Uh, You can talk to directors. You can become a part of the projects they choose. They even have a program right now where you can help them find great movies to support. So go to their website to learn more. We also want to remind you that we have a Patreon that we call Maltreon. You can join us. We have $3, $5, $10, $20 options. You can get newsletters from my dad, uh, all kinds of neat stuff behind the scenes. Hang out with us. Learn about who our guests are before anybody else. And listen to the podcast before anybody else. Go to patreon.com slash Movies for more information.
1: That's patreon.com slash Movies. Hi, everybody. I'm Leonard Malton, and
0: I'm Jesse Malton.
1: You're listening to Malton on Movies, and as usual, we have another interesting guest.
0: Now, here's the thing: um, you know they say, like, if, if a tree falls, do you hear it? If a movie's made without Allison Pill in it, does it exist. This is a this is a question we ask in our home. Uh, now, I will tell you, we are huge fans of yours, truly, and you and I are around the same age, and I have watched you since I was small, because you've been working forever. And you're just ridiculously talented. And and as much as you've been an indie queen, they love all those like indie darling, they love all those terms. You've done everything. You really have. And you work constantly as you should. I like to work. (laughs)
1: Hey, (laughs) As is evident from your credits, your, your, your CV is very impressive. And and you are currently co-starring with Sarah Gayden in a uh, in a very uh, heavy dramatic film based uh, called All My Puny Sorrows, which is now available on uh, VOD and uh, digital. And
0: uh, do you ever want to make happy movies, or is that <laughs> just sort of a?
1: Well, this is this is based on on, on a best-selling novel uh, that. Talks about sisters who have a very challenging, troubled relationship. And uh, I could see how any actress would say, ooh, let me sink my teeth into that part. Uh, and, and, it, and it's- And you
2: are that any actress. That's right. I am any actress.
0: <laughs> but no, it, it's true. You work all the time and, I, and, and that makes us very happy but you do all sorts and uh it's it's exciting i think to get to see you do so much and so many different kinds of things
2: it's it's um i mean you're right like i have been doing this for let me do the math for oh yeah 25 years been acting professionally for 25 years and wow. over that time i've gotten to do yeah smaller movies Bigger movies and TV and theater, which is the great love of my life, besides my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, and yeah, this this latest this latest movie. Um, I am also uh, like I am a voracious reader. I, I I love reading, and I had already read all my puny sorrows by Miriam Taves when it came out, mm-hmm. and I never once in reading it thought this should be a movie, <laughs> like I never, it never ever even a little bit occurred to me. Um, and I was skeptical in reading the script, but you're right, like it is an incredible part. I mean, there's two incredible parts, kind of three incredible parts for women, um, which is very exciting. And I think in terms of passing the Bechdel test, we we do that with, with beyond flying colors. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And you're referring to mayor winningham uh, yes yes plays, I'm referring to winningham
2: who plays the the mother um who i think is extraordinary oh uh, she, yeah yeah yeah
0: just yeah. in life but also this yeah she's amazing yeah
2: yeah was, but again
0: that's the you've worked with so many it, it is honestly looking at looking at your credits it's overwhelming because you've done so much and you've worked with so many different people um you did a show uh, that actually one of my best friends was, uh, was doing wardrobe on uh, with Joan Allen, and you know Joan Allen, yeah. she's one of the best actresses that lives, you know. And it's just uh, as I say, I I I get the sense you like to work. You can feel that,
2: but you also do as I say all kinds. Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's not that I'm not picky. I'm 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 actually. No, no, very- no. No, no, no! I don't, and I didn't mean to say that you were insinuating that at all. It's just, no. um, it's just that, like, I when I say I like to work, that's really true, um, and I also, uh, I really like acting, um, mm-hmm. I, and when I was sort of transitioning toward adulthood, like many child actors, going, like, what does this mean? how is this part of my identity how can i wh- did i ever really like this <laughs> 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 um and i think uh you know starting to do theater when i was 18 when i i moved away from home um was really the moment that i felt like oh i really i i really love my job i am so grateful to get to do it in any capacity and i can find uh I can find exciting things to do in most anything, um, mm-hmm. and the real as I, as I grow older, the real um, one, you know, the quality the quality of scripts being number one, but number two, following very closely after is just, are there going to be jerks? Oh yeah, <laughs> and and Joan Allen is like, I mean she. She's somebody who made holiday cookies, homemade holiday cookies for the entire crew. Like, I mean, like hand glazed, like holiday cookies for like 300 people. I don't, I mean, she's she's the lead of a TV show and she somehow found (laughs) time to bake like 300 cookies. It's because Joan Allen's not real. She exists
0: in our dreams. That's why. (laughs) It's no, I have to tell you, I was really ticked when that show ended because all I wanted to know was where it was going. I know. You know, I was desperate to know.
1: I, and it's it called friend- family,
0: by the way, for, for anybody who didn't, who doesn't yeah. know what we're talking the about. Family. Sorry, the family. Family.
2: Yes, my friend. I mean, one of my best friends, who we like, two of my best friends, who we love each other, and they, uh, they care about my happiness far more than my career or what it means or who anybody is or anything. Right. Um, the family is the show that they were like. Oh, we will watch. We're obsessed with this. Show. I have never had them care about anything that I've done as much as with that show. So to me, that's like I'm like could be the best thing we ever did. <laughs>
0: that's, I mean, so the uh, my beloved Olivia Janchek is her name, and she did uh, the wardrobe on that show. One of the people doing the wardrobe on that show, and uh, I don't think I've ever harassed her before the way I did with this. And I was like, what? it was that kind of a it was that kind of a show where you were desperate to know what was next and where it was going and your character was bonkers uh is as i say it's 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 really fun i think it's really fun to see actors you like trying all different sorts of characters because I will say every time I've seen you interviewed or I've seen you at Sundance, you, you seem quite lovely. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to watch you play someone who's nuts yeah. or terrible uh, because I, in, in my mind, it's fun.
2: I mean, I contain multitudes, you know, <laughs> like like I, um, I've, you know, I can be terrible and or nuts. You well, know? there you go. <laughs> You're like, I chose acting. Here we are.
1: Well, I wonder. You know, actors' careers are are based. I've always theorized on fifty percent good luck and fifty percent smart choices. Mm. And and you know, and, and you can't control either one hundred percent. But it, it, it's if you don't have that confluence of of uh, uh, good things in your in your life, you, you may have a lot more ups and downs than you counted on. You, you've, you, you've done very well. <laughs>
0: it's a very dad. like, you've done very well, Alison.
1: Good job.
0: Well, it's the last thing that I got to see with you in it. Uh, it's funny because it's, I remember seeing you for the first time in pieces of April. Uh, but last year in Telluride, Peter Hedges was there with the same storm. And I, of course, was tickled that your husband's in it as well. Uh, playing a ridiculous, oh my God, his, his character in that is ju- to talk about bonkers, right? Um, that film, so for folks who are unaware, first of all, that young actor, Lucas Hedges, who is so insanely talented, his dad, not too bad either, Peter Hedges. Um, he likes to make movies that make us cry. Thanks, Pete. Um, and uh, he came, last year came out with this film called The Same Storm. And if you were to read that there was a movie made via Zoom over the pandemic, you might think, but how? Watching this, and it's, it's a tough movie to watch because it's, it's about the pandemic and it's something that we've all lived through. But because he chose incredible actors, it's a knockout. Um, emotionally, uh, you need like cookies and a hug. But it's a really incredible way to shoot something. Can you talk a little bit about that, please?
2: Yes. Um, so I've known Peter since I was sixteen. We've mm. made two films. Uh, we made pieces of April and Dan in Real Life together. Mm. And so when Peter um, approached me, I mean, I, I I read the script. I mean, I, I was like, yes, I'll read the script. But yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing your movie. Yeah, I'm doing your movie. And yes, I'll read the script. Um, He he wrote what I think, I, I don't think a lot of people could have even considered doing at the time, which was sort of figuring out how to tell his story via Zoom about what we were all living through and making it both dramatic and cinematic at the same time. And it's hard to imagine Zoom doing that. Um, but, you know, we have Elaine May, so. Yeah, I mean. There you go. No, and, <laughs> um, and Louise Parker and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my friend Jin Ha and Sandra, oh, like all of, I mean, and, and the setup of each of these Zooms or FaceTimes or whatever, um, is something we can all imagine the performances and the writing sort of take it to another level. Um, it's, I think one of the best casts put together for a film yeah. ever, I mean, yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of just a joke. Yeah. Um, and, but,
1: but you were never in the same room together.
2: Yeah, well, that's That's right. We all, oh. and we were also given, I mean, you know, I was sent packages with all of the decorative materials for right. my classroom. Cause I'm a Zoom, you know, I'm a teacher at home trying to conduct a classroom over Zoom um, with all of these, you know and so in between the scenes I was shooting I would be madly pinning up and taping up things in the background because of course I'm set deck as yeah. well as wardrobe, as yeah. well as hair and makeup and, um, and struggling. Struggling with Wi-Fi and with you know my AirPods battery dying and all of the things that we struggle through um, and losing losing my shit at the poor wonderful tech people who'm like it's not working <laughs> um, and uh, but I think it's pretty incredible that we made a feature length film that I think really is beautiful. It um, is. Yeah, it was. It was, and and I think it's it's also a testament to how much we all love Peter that we were willing to just go. Um, yeah, we can do all. We can figure this out. We can do this. Yeah, and it brought such a a community feeling to it, despite the fact that none of us could ever be together.
0: It, no, it's um, this is one of those things where this is why you cast the people you cast because if you give them material, they're going to give you something to work with. Uh, and as you say, the fact that you are shooting at home, I mean, basically you are like the rest of us, stuck at home and trying to make it work. And I think that's part of what makes the movie, uh, when you're watching it, is you're going, yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I definitely did that. Yeah, yeah. it's a... Uh... Well,
1: it's a very organic film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Which only could have happened... Uh, with a talented filmmaker and yeah. a, and a talented cast, an equally talented cast. Uh, and uh, I wonder how it's going to look, say 10 years from now, as a kind of a time capsule uh, of this period that we're all muddling through.
0: I think it'll be interesting to see it in 10 years. Cause the only problem that I had with it watching was we were still in it. Yeah. And so when I came out my mom said, should I watch? I said, not right now. Yeah. I said, give it a minute. Because this is still life. Yeah. You know, especially, and this was last September as well. So this is several months ago. Yes. But
2: yeah, I think, I think I will, I think, I think I will, and hopefully other people will be grateful for it in the future to remember and to explain what existence looked like and felt like, because it's also amazing how much you can forget, you know, like, I mean, the last year, just like when we were waiting in line at grocery stores, when Mm -hmm. we were still wiping down everything that came into our house and what, all of those things that we just, you know, our brains are very good at just moving into whatever next thing there is. And, and, you know, unluckily for us, there's always something new to worry about this year. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like every day, There's a new, there's a new thing. But you also had to deal
0: with, uh, in real life, your, your daughter's right in that prime age. See, mine again, mine is tiny, um, and was only born in October of last year. You were dealing with an actual small person who wanted to have a life. And that's a whole other part of this that, um, I mean, to me, parents are superheroes anyway. Um, but then I can't imagine living in this and having to say to your small human, no, you can't see your friends. No, you can't leave the house. Uh, yeah, that's-
2: it was, it was difficult. I will say that we, uh, she was three when everything shut down. Yeah. Which, so she was part way through her first year of preschool. And I have to say, I can't imagine her being- I can imagine the difficulties of her being any younger or any older, how it would have affected us differently, because
0: sure.
2: honestly, she sort of was, uh, reacted similarly to my dog, which was just like, everybody's at home.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Mm. Um, and while, you know, friends were difficult, she was still at an age where it was okay. Um, mm. And then as the pandemic has ebbed and flowed in terms of case numbers and severity and vaccines and everything, um, she's been able to, you know, she's been able to be at school consistently this year. And that's, I mean, relatively consistently, there's still been. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, But but for the most part, she's been in person at school and, um, and, you know, being five that felt more important than say three where, you know, it's, Developmentally, it's like great and sure we'll find out what all these people have missed. But I can't imagine having, you know, a 10-year-old and trying to um I, I did a little bit of tutoring at 826 LA, which is Dave Egger's, you know, yes, and yes. And trying to, you know, development of story ideas. I'm like, okay, we got this. Show me your stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Math homework and the insane way that division is being taught. I'm just like. I don't understand what this means. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I can't imagine being a working parent at home or not at home, trying yeah. to make child care and trying to go, you know. Oh man. So in so many ways we were incredibly blessed. And yes, it was still difficult to do a Zoom play. <laughs> which we did as well and a zoom movie during lockdown while waiting for the moment like waiting just waiting for the moment Mom! when I well just the little like tiptoe of stair, like up the stairs there's only like three of them in our house just like the little quick you know just the sort of bump bump against the door and be like I'm on fake stage
1: <laughs> now speaking of younger people uh one of the first performances of yours that i was aware of you'd already been working <laughs> for a while uh was what when you played young lorna luft in mm-hmm. that excellent tv movie called judy garland me and my shadows mm-hmm. which gosh is 21 years ago golly with with the yeah gr- i know i know don't the, think
0: about it don't think about it it's with fine. the great it's fine. judy
1: davis yes uh, giving a, a blistering performance yeah as yes. judy garland uh, yeah. uh what do you remember of that experience?
2: Oh, I remember a great deal, and I was so sad to see Bob Ackerman, who directed that film, passed away this year. Mm. Um, and he was so. We had met on a on an earlier uh, TV movie that I made with Farrah Fawcett called Baby, um, and uh, and so when he was making this, you know, you should be young Lorna, I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> um, and uh, and Lorna was very present. She was on set all the time. And she and I, I mean, she would call me mini-me um, and uh, was so supportive and would tell me stories about her and her mom and her sister and her brother and her dad and all of these wow. things. I mean, anytime I went to LA for a number of years afterward, I would go to Lorna's house. You know, um, I got to see her perform her her one woman show um, in uh, upstate New York somewhere. I can't remember where. Anyway, she's an incredible performer, and um, and Judy, who was Judy, taught me so much. Davis. I mean, obviously Judy Garland taught us all many yes. things. Yes. Um, Judy Davis, Judy, um, I was so amazed because she's, um, she can be quite terrifying, you know, like she is, she is intimidating and I, you know, you can feel that. What was incredible to me was that remained true. And she was the most, generous there's a scene in that show where um we have a phone call where i i have to basically tell my mother as lorna that um i can't live with her any longer you know that that her household is not a safe place for kids and you know often uh any side of the telephone conversation would be read by a script supervisor or an AD or somebody on set because the actor doesn't have to be present. Right. Judy, uh, Judy made sure that it was set up that she, I could actually call her. Hmm. So it is her on the other line of that phone. She, she really, which is not something that many actors would do. No, now. it's a very
1: generous gesture. No. For,
2: and especially not for a younger actor where you just sort of assume it doesn't matter or this scene I'm not in, I don't care. Um, and she was obviously busy. I mean, it's, she was working so much with such, uh, w- w- with so much vigor and so much passion. The idea that she would take a bit of her time off and just be present for this off-camera phone call was really impressive to me and stuck with me so much as to how, um how much that kind of presence and generosity mean on set. Um, I'd worked with actors at that point who wouldn't even do off camera if they were in the scene. <laughs> you know, like, and they yeah. just yeah. never even understood it, but it happens. And so to have that be uh, instead the way it goes, I was like, oh, this woman is terrifying and awesome. <laughs>
1: Well, but there are certain people, you already mentioned Joan Allen, and one, one example of her, her kindness and generosity. Uh, there are certain people on a production, whether it's TV or movies, who sort of set the standard. Yeah. You know, set the bar for the set. And yes. uh, uh, if you're a member of that ensemble and you don't follow that example or aren't guided by that example, uh, you you're not going to be working very much. Yeah.
2: Well, I will say this too. There are people, you know, there are number one on the call sheet can set the tone either direction. Absolutely. And so absolutely. I absolutely like. I don't think people necessarily appreciate that um, because of inexperience or not great advice or I don't know shitty parents. Like I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it what it is. Yeah. But. But it, but it is something that I've noted and the people who get it, like I just finished this TV show, Billy Crudup is the lead and he's also an executive producer on the show. And in terms of tone setting and goodness and values and like doing all of that, I, I commended him on our last day of shooting. I was like, dude, a lot of people don't know what number one on the call sheet means and does. Like, it's something that you can try to, you can try to abdicate the responsibility and just be like, oh, I'm not in control. And I'm like, no, you can be like, that's the whole bag. That's the game. Yep. And, and I, and I, so yes, all respect to people who get that. Billy, again, that's the, the
0: list of people and the ensembles and things like that. Billy Crudup, again, one of the
2: best actors working he really is is. he's so good at acting like the first zoom table read I was like oh yeah
0: (laughs) it's I mean and it's funny even something like uh the morning show which is not necessarily something I would have expected him to do right and you're just going oh that's right you can do anything because you're amazing right 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 it's nuts. I mean, and one of the, one of the best ensemble movies you've been in obviously is Scott Pilgrim, just because you have all of these fantastic young actors and Edgar Wright, who is such a character. And as you can imagine, because he and my dad, they love each other because they're like film nerd twins. Uh, He's the only person I've ever met. When we see him at film festivals, he somehow manages to do like 40 in a row. (laughs) And I don't know how, like I don't, you just not sleep. Is that how yeah. this works? It's yeah. yeah, exactly. But Scott Pilgrim, which as you know, has remained uh, a beloved film and with good reason. It's a blast. Uh, and the cast is ridiculous. Yes, You know, I, I have been a, a Kieran Culkin lover for a very long time. Um, all those Culkins know what they're doing,
1: oh, but we're so happy to see him come into his own.
0: Oh, it's beautiful.
1: And, and, uh, uh,
0: it's beautiful Succession. to see Succession doing sure, sure. so well because he's just, he's so talented. Yeah. Uh, getting but- to
2: see him host SNL made me so <laughs> happy. I've known Kieran. So I had known a lot of those people before we went to make the movie in Toronto. Of course. Uh, and Kieran and I were friends in the city for forever. He had done uh, he had been in a play with a friend of mine, which is how we originally met. So I knew him through theater circles, mostly, which is actually how I knew a lot of the people in that cast, actually, mm-hmm. now that I've been thinking about it. Mark Weber and I had done a film. We'd done a Thomas Binterberg movie together and yep. a Neil Abute play and Satya Baba. I, knew, I met at a you know theater part. Yeah. So yep. it's, um, It was, it was very fun. We Satya and I, when we were over lockdown, (laughs) we had a conversation where we're like, let's do Lear. (laughs) (laughs) And, and we're like, this will be great. It'll be a fundraiser and we'll do Lear. And then we're like, or, (laughs) or we could get together the cast of the very
1: successful
2: film that we were both in. And Edgar thankfully was all for it. And in terms of like, no, the man doesn't sleep. The number of Mm-mm. emails about the most detailed aspects of putting this thing together at crazy hours of the day, even by London time. Yep. <laughs> I was like, dude, you must be busy. Like he's like, I'm going to delegate to my assistant. And then it would still be like, do we think the button should be bigger where the thing is? <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just,
0: and again, if you're like, I, I've always, I love indie film. Uh, You know, we started going to Sundance a very long time ago. And so people like Mae Whitman, you know, that to me are, are, these are the all stars, you know, and I do, and I count you very much in that, uh, you know, there are, there's this group of people where for me, every time I see them work, I'm this little like, I've got like a little number one fan finger that goes up because it's exciting.
1: Well, even you in know? Pieces of April, your parents are Patricia Clarkson and Oliver Platt. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was right, I still, um, yeah, I I was so lucky to have, I think these incredible role model women, you know, like, like Judy Davis, like having these incredibly powerful women to sort of speak to and look to as to how they run their careers and how they run their lives and the sort of different ideas in all of them of having a family or not, or living in New York or LA or staying away or being in the industry and, and how they all created balance and maintained, uh, their own selves and connection to their own power that I think, uh, you know, the industry tries to suck out of, especially women at Mm -hmm. a very young age. So, you know, Patty being who she is, like, I remember John Gallagher Jr. and I, who, yeah, I mean, and he was on the newsroom, he's the best. Um, He's, you know, we, we all went out for, um, we all went out for coffee or tea in the west village i was just like i'm out for coffee and tea with patty clarkson
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no it, it's not
0: it's not real it
2: didn't happen it's not real no. so- we shot that movie in two weeks i think it was a 16 day shooting mm-hmm. uh shooting days that we had with the in some of the original you know digital cinema yeah, yeah, yeah. And then worked with Anthony Dudmantle, who had invented all kinds of things. When we worked with Thomas Vinterberg to try and, you know, w- figure out the limitations of digital. I mean, pieces of April. It was a struggle if there was direct sunlight. Right. <laughs>
1: like yeah, everything that yeah. Have,
2: it was <laughs> like. Pray for overcast. <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing to see how things have. I mean, it, it's amazing to see how film and digital, like how things have shifted technology-wise. Just oh, yeah. in, in the years I've been working, because it used to be, you know, checking the gate was a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Meaning, like, meaning for those who who are not in filmmaking. Yeah, yes. When when you're shooting on 35 millimeter film, it is possible for a, a little sliver, a piece of hair, literally, to get caught in the, the aperture of the of, of the or the gate of, of the, the the camera. And if you don't catch that right away, it's going to be there forever unless you have digital technology to, Wait, to yeah. remove it. Yeah. But uh, uh yeah check the gate before you move <sighs> on.
2: Yeah not, yes. not anymore. Next, never- Times when there would be, I mean, we would have to do another take because mm-hmm. there was something in the yeah. day because we were working only on film. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, there were loaders instead of people. Yeah, yeah. ones. No.
0: This, this is the thing, uh, you know, I'm, it's not that either one of us is old. It's that 30 years and 35 years in technology and in the time that we've been alive, is so significant that the way that you started and again, someone like May Whitman who began when she was negative one, you know, it's like it, the, the set you went on to at that time versus what you see now it's mind blowing. Yeah. And, and it does open you up to so much, you know, and, and something like, I mean, yet yeah, like this zoom movie or a zoom play, When in the world would that have been a thing we could have even considered? Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: So Woody Allen calls and says he wants you to play (laughs) Zelda Fitzgerald in Midnight in Paris with Tom Hiddleston as Scott Fitzgerald. And does this mean you have to start burying your nose in a book or two or three or four to learn about Zelda?
2: Um. I did read the very good um, biography. I think it's by Nancy Milford. I did read that. I I mean, it's it's tricky now to look back at the movies I did with Woody with the same joy at which they happen, mm-hmm. you know, with which, like the you know, first just going to Paris. And I remember Tom and I reading Zelda and Scott's letters to each other at our hotel. I mean, it was, it was a magical time. Mm. Um, But I, I also can't, um, I can't watch those movies anymore. So I I have such a, uh, it is a, it is a struggle to, you know, wrestle with uh, how to approach anybody's, you know, anybody's history of like the choices I have made, the things that I would do differently, what I could have known, what what I didn't know, and, and to, uh, I mean, I think it's a good thing to wrestle with. I think it's a question we, as, you know, as creative people always have to wrestle with and as viewers have to wrestle with. Um, and it's one I'm still not quite uh, It's a tough one.
1: I understand. Let's talk about Director Bong. (laughs) yes. On Snowpiercer. Yes. Uh,
0: The the man who constantly apologizes for his perfect
2: English. Yes, I love him. He, when he and I met, um, I think it was over Skype, um, he brought up to me, I had read the script and, uh, and he was like, I think the teacher should be eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she should be. <laughs> like That's just like, just to take it all up a yep. notch. let's make her the most pregnant person in the world. Um, he is a delight. And yeah, and it was so interesting. And he's somebody that I like, when and everybody has their own styles, and and that is as it should be. I have to say, I, loved, I love the way he works because he has essentially a graphic novel. He has edited the film already. So it's not only that you have a list of the scenes you're going to do today, or that there is a shot list in existence of the things you have to shoot. It is that there are ink drawings of with each and every line, each and every stage direction. So there would be a big board right at the entrance to set. And as the shots were completed, they would get an X through them. So you would know that that's the shot that would be in the movie. And it's, it's, it's very different from the way most people work, which is to play the whole scene on somebody's close up or in a master or whatever, um, that it's like, oh, I don't have to, it, it saves time. You know, there for, for, the, for the budget that we had, it looks like a much bigger budget, <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of that comes to his process of so much less wasted time, so much less wasted effort, because you're not just like, I'm going to act my face off reacting to people's lines. And it's like, I don't need that. I'm never going to use that. Save whatever you're going to do for the one shot that you're in. Yeah. Don't be crazy. How and it's interesting. Just like, it's, it's so free. And people, I think, were, would imagine that that would be like, but what if you had a great reaction to another thing? And it's like, that's not going to be in the movie. Mm. <laughs> <So> like,
1: <laughs> what an interesting way to make a film, though.
2: Yeah. It's all edited in his head before. And not only in his head, but for everybody to see like you know what it's what every shot is and we can figure it out within that there is great freedom you know there he he's obviously willing to accept very strange off the wall performances so it's not like he's he's a control freak when it comes to performance um or or not open to ideas he's incredibly open to ideas it's just the framework exists in such a way that you get to play much more freely within that framework.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, when you've done a number of TV series, some have lasted, some have had aborted you know, uh, lives. Yes. Uh, but when Aaron Sorkin approaches you and says he wants you to be part of his ensemble led by Jeff Daniels in the newsroom, you say-
2: No, I'm busy. I can't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was. It's funny. I um. So we had already done a play with Jeff. We had done a two-hander called Blackbird at that time, which was a really uh, very intense play. Um, and nobody wanted to talk to us afterwards. <laughs> like normally, when you do a show, people come by and visit, and your friends will come say whatever. This one, nobody would. You know nobody was like, hey, let's go out after they were just like, great job, bye. Just like a <laughs> text. <actor. laughs> it was a very hard play to do and to see. Um, but I love Jeff and I think he's an incredible actor and another awesome dude. Um, and honestly, when I read the script, I, um, I'm not often uh, terribly confident, you know, or I can imagine, I can imagine a world because it's the case that I could do a role and somebody else could do the role and it would be very different, but equally genius or what, you know what I mean? Like there's, I I wouldn't pretend that I'm the best for every role. When I read Maggie, I was like, yeah, okay. That's mine. Mm. (laughs) I just, I just like, I, my mom and I watched the West Wing truly religiously. Like Wednesdays at nine was like, don't fuck with us. We're watching the West Wing. (laughs) No calls are accepted. Uh, That's it. Um, So, so in getting to even audition, you know, Aaron was the one to read with me. um, And I just, (laughs) what a jerk, but I just walked out. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> and my friend Tommy Sadowski was we were doing a play together at the time, and Tommy was there for his callback too. And I and he was like, How to go? I was like, Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. And it was so to have the the ensemble that we did of, uh, you know, I'd known Tommy forever. I'd known JGJ forever, like these were people that I knew and loved. And so um it it was it. It was amazing. I mean, it was just a a silly good thing to have in my life and and totally changed my career.
1: Well, there's- Did did it really, did people take note of you who hadn't before?
2: I think so, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I
2: think people watch that show in a way that um, they, yeah, it's, you know, It's funny to know what people have seen me in because it is such a disparate group of things. Oh yeah. (laughs) But I feel like um, there was a, uh, a, sorry, Joshua, I'm just, (laughs) oh, okay. Thank you. My husband just brought me a teeth. Thank you, (laughs) husband. <laughs> um, very grateful. Well, I was like, "There's somebody creeping up the stairs." <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel like it changed uh, just in terms of the people who watched it and the people who cared about that show were people who also made shows.
0: <laughs> you know? But again, that's what I'm. I, I do feel like you're almost in this like high school class as I say, of all these actors that I think of, um, again, this group that was felt like they were always at Sundance, like they were always in these different films. And it's, uh, it's kind of glorious to see each one grow and grow into adult roles, grow into, uh, you know, now you can be married. Now you can have kids. Now you can, you know, all of these sorts of things. It's, you know, so so one of the first things whenever we're going to interview someone is I'll say to my dad, "What's the first thing you remember seeing them in?" And for him, it's milk. For you, this is one of the first things he thought of. For me, it was like this tumult of all of my my teen years of going. I don't even know. I, like I had an existential crisis. I don't even know everything. Everything I've ever watched, probably yes. <laughs> You know, it's it's uh it's wild and milk again. Of course, you've got these incredible people, and Dunst, Dustin Lance Black has gone on to do so much interesting stuff. Not just marry an Olympian, though. Good job, you. Um, like again, such interesting yeah. work, and Milk holds up beautifully.
2: You know, I I that movie was one of the most special filming experiences I've ever had. And um, again, like, I guess this is, over the course of this conversation, I'm like, yeah, I think I really, uh, I have been the most blessed in terms of ensembles to be a part of. And maybe that's where I am pickiest mm. you know, where it's like, yes, it's based on material and no, I mean, I. Would never say no to Gus Van Sant, but also the like the ensemble to me is um, is is the greatest gift of my job. Yeah, Um, you know that one was everybody in that. I mean. Roland, Sean Penn Diego Luna Joe Cross like I mean you know it's ridiculous so yeah. hair Victor Gar- like everybody it's it's pretty bananas who I got to work with and being in San Francisco um, and meeting people who lived through that time who knew mm-hmm. Harvey mm-hmm. getting to spend time with Annie Cronenberg who I played and her daughter um, it was. I mean, it was living history mm-hmm. in a way that not many people get to um, experience or, or thrive in. I mean, it was it was truly inspirational, and also just in terms of the political side, like really, I think you could imagine. I mean, I had known you have an understanding of the of some what ifs, but the what if of if Harvey had survived was just with us
1: yeah, of, <laughs> yeah.
2: What, of what public health response to AIDS would have been about what, you know, it's it's impossible to not have those thoughts. Um, but I think because of my age, I don't think I'd ever had such a visceral experience of a what if, then making that and sort of realizing that these kind of Right turns and U turns that are possible in American politics are uh, are are sort of inconceivable until they're not. That yeah yeah.
1: Speaking of real, you got to play, (laughs) opposite Christian Bale, as Dick Cheney in Vice. Yes. he came to the Telluride Film Festival as he as he was preparing to shoot that. So he
0: had the bleached eyebrows and he was a bit more heavy set. This was so funny. We get to LAX and I have a good eye. I'm pretty good at recognizing people. And I just went, Christian Bale. <laughs> and a bunch of people around me went, no. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Trust me on this one. That's Christian Bale. <laughs> and uh, it happened that he had his two kids with him. And because I look like a cartoon, um, they immediately came over and he yes. started speaking. And in my head, I'm going, mm-hmm, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's talking <laughs> right now. Cool, whatever. He thinks I have pretty tattoos. This is fine. I can, I, I can die now. This is fine. Uh, you've played so many real life characters and, and not really far away real life. Not like Abe Lincoln. You know, you've know, you played a lot of these folks that are, are feel very current. Obviously, Dick Cheney is still, it's now, it's, it's very, very present. Uh, is, is, it ever, is it harder to play real or is it easier sometimes because you have reference?
2: Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of these things are sort of interesting because not many people um, know Annie Cronenberg or how she speaks sure. or like, you know, so it's not that she's a well known historical figure. So it gives me a little more freedom. In terms of Zelda, very little, you know, we don't we don't have like vast video collections of her, you know, so you can kind of make up a few of those things. And 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 in All My Puny Sorrows, like it's a semi-autobiographical novel, but again, nobody has nobody's watching Miriam Tave's YouTube channel. You know, (laughs) it's like boy, she's doing a good Miriam. So, so there is some freedom in a lot of that. Um, And, uh, and there's also a lot of pressure just for myself because I can't imagine how weird it would be to have somebody play you. Yeah. Um, And I guess because I had the early experience with Lorna and being really very close to the person you're playing. um, And because I was so young and sort of didn't have, the kind of questions that I might now, it's sort of normalized in my head of like, I'll do the best job I can and it's gonna be weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, the Did Adam McKay encourage improvisation on that film?
2: Yes, it's interesting with Adam because he comes from, I mean, he runs the set the way he would run um you, you know like a a comedy movie yeah he also just has the most amazing esoteric knowledge of of history and politics that if you said like okay so February 13th, 1996, name some things. And he'd be like, <laughs> "Well, here are the following things that might have been on the radio and what." So like stuff like that where he would be able to, you know, foster some improv around very specific timely matters as mm-hmm. well as then just like keeping things rolling and then he has this really good chair. Like it's not just like a foldable director's chair. It's like a good. It's like a Barca lounger. So, he, so he's like sitting there, um, and you know, just at various points, you'd hear a shout like, "I don't know," like "Velveeta." You're like, "Okay, Velveeta's going in," or whatever whatever <laughs> it might be. So there is an element of like his own improv background combined with this really heady kind of conversation about political history in this country that that combined to make a very fun set (laughs) Uh,
1: had ryan murphy approached you before to do american horror story or was it that character that he wanted you to play that brought that Uh, about i think it was
2: i think uh i think sarah paulson had a lot to do with that casting um I think she sort of said like, oh, I think Allison would be good at this. We've known each other for years and years through theater. Um, so I was I was so grateful. I was mostly grateful to work with Paul Singh because she's incredible. Um, it's, it's an intense show to be a part of. It's really, it was a little, it, I, my daughter was six months when we shot that. And there were definitely moments where I just went I don't want this in my brain, mm-hmm. um, like like this yeah. man hanging from hooks through his skin, like just it's like I don't know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not cut out for this anymore. No.
1: Mm-hmm. no, I think those were appropriate thoughts.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, there too. Sarah Paulson and Lily Ray. Yes, two of the most incredible women and incredible actresses that's sometimes when american horror story is really rough you just sort of push through because it's like i'm gonna watch jessica lang i have to i'm yeah. gonna watch you know paul said i'm gonna watch lily rabe yeah. it's uh even when they're heavy they're so good yes you know you
2: can't not yeah and i and i think the I mean, I think it, I, I don't think the show would have the magic it does without the belief of the performers and the sort oh, of yeah. commitment to the, the kind of heightened level of drama, the sort of melodramatic elements of it yeah. that could so easily fall flat without oh, those yeah. performers. Right. Yeah. You,
1: now, you're talking about tone, which is what I want to ask you about in uh, regard to Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers film, in which you play Josh Brolin's wife uh that film is well like most of their films is so dependent on like turning on a dime changes of tone uh serious not so serious satiric straight farcical uh take your pick uh uh, where did you fit in that spectrum
2: I fit into the oh my god I'm in a Coen brothers movie.
1: <laughs>
2: That's where I fit in. <laughs> I I still can't believe that it happened you guys. <laughs> like I honestly you saying that I'm like dudes I was in a Coen brothers. Right? <laughs> um I was so grateful cuz I'd known Josh from Milk and he's awesome. Yes. So I felt comfortable but I mean, again, I love, like, I love rehearsing and the prep for that, for that movie of just, I mean, we got to be in a room like Josh and, you know, me and the Coens are there and we're all chatting through the scenes, which are quite slight, but as you say, the tone of it can shift. I mean, it's trying to manage that, like, how stylized is this? How, how 50s is this like it, it, how do you moderate this is you know this is a modern movie doing 50s or is this just kind of like a 50s movie <laughs> you know and and um and i I loved it I think they are uh just, just incredible filmmakers who've made so many of my favorite movies and um and are and are fearless when it comes to shaking up tone and genre and comedy and all of those things. And and, and somehow, uh, I think it's sort of similarly to director Bong, where the frameworks that they use to sort of contain their ideas allow this very strange freedom to bubble up, you know, where they're like, this is a noir, you know, and but we're going to do it in this way that defies everything you think about noir, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and that ability to mess with expectations, I think, is what great artists do. Um, so I was just, I was, I, I was over the moon to just be like, oh my gosh, I'm on set.
1: I'm going to go over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> now you realize, or I assume you realize that uh, accepting a role on Star Trek Picard. <laughs> Uh, means you are forever a Comic-Con <laughs> guest. That's it.
0: As, as if Scott Pilgrim didn't already plop you quite happily yep.
2: in there, yes. this is now... Yeah. No, I, I... Yeah, I'll have an invite for... Uh, on, ongoing. It's true.
1: <laughs>
2: Which I love. I mean, I love... Uh, I think the fandom of Star Trek is... Um, first really cool because it's so multi-generational you know there's very few things that exist where you know grandparents and kids Mm -hmm. can both like I mean yes there is obviously division within the ranks as to which yeah is the best yeah but like (laughs) but the fact that it exists for so many people in so many various forms and that the ethos of the show has always been this kind of like Hyper democratic utopian ideal of a future that um, we can all imagine, and I think it makes us better to imagine. I am yeah. I am all for being connected to such a thing and such mm-hmm.
1: a not dystopian,
2: not not yeah yeah,
1: which in itself. It's kind of a breather. We're really happy when things, <laughs> if
0: I get one more press release in this dystopian society, I don't want it.
2: I don't <laughs> want it. Yeah, show me, show me what it might be. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Oh no. Yeah. yeah. I want a hug. I want some yeah. cookies. I don't want any more dystopian.
1: Now, uh, coming back to your, your, your current uh, project to one of the people can see right now, uh, All My Puny Sorrows, it has an international background because of the novel that, that, that spawned the screenplay. But how much uh, did it mean to you that this was a, a Canadian movie? Uh, Canadian cinema doesn't get much attention south of the border here in the States. I think it gets kind of a raw deal, actually. And and uh, uh, this is a chance for you as a, as a, as a proud Canadian to... to <laughs> do something, you know, uh, uh, to set that, set that right.
2: I, I love working in Canada. I mean, just selfishly, I love the cruise in Canada. <laughs> um, I find, uh, it's really interesting cause I left, um, I left Toronto when I was 18 and, I have managed to go back. Uh, I mean, there there have been a few years in between every so often, but it was pretty well annually for a while, where I would get to do at least one Canadian project a year. Mm. Um, it's it is really important to me, um, and I and I agree that Canadian film gets a raw deal, um, and I. I also, I think when I was younger, I found um, the sort of Canadianness of something, uh, a sort of moot point where I was mm. like, it should just be considered a movie. Right. does <laughs> not that it's Canadian. You know, like the reason that I choose something isn't because it's Canadian, it's because it's good. And right. yet, as I've grown older, I've also become like more attuned to the fact that like, no, the fact that it's Canadian really, really matters. Um, and it's a story that is Canadian. and and it's it, I think,, um, as American viewers become more open, I think, to other national cinemas, which is happening, you know, yeah. Director Bond Winning was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, like all of these oh, yeah. all of these ways that people, I think are are less sort of, US centric is great for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, for for the market generally, but just for a more informed viewership and a better kind of creative dialogue between countries and within the arts generally. Um, And I think the sort of Canadian side of that is important because we're like you but we're not you (laughs) (laughs) like we walk among you. You can't even know that we're different.
0: (laughs) We, we, we spoke to Jay Baruchel a couple of weeks ago or months ago. I have no sense of time anymore. And, and as you know, that is as proud a Canadian as proud Canadians come.
2: Oh yes. And we had many debates in our household about the importance of it and how, you know, why, like, you know, when we made Goon, it was, I was like, yeah, "Yeah, it's just a great movie. And it's like, yeah, but it's a Canadian great movie. And I'm like, but it's just a great movie. (laughs) 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 And now I've come around to like really embrace the importance of it because I also, in a lot of the conversations about this movie, um, you know, it's important. I think talking to Canadian press versus press down here, it's like, Oh, that's right. These people don't know that it's a public hospital. <laughs> you know, it's just like where people can go. Yeah. because they are citizens, and right? They, and it's it's a thing you get. I'm a person, and I come to this doctor now. <laughs> um, so, like, the sort of perspective on things that are alike but different is actually really important. I mm. think in the country to see, and that like. Yes, we're a majority English-speaking country. Just to the north, we have a much smaller population. Um, but what are what are the similarities? What are the differences? It's interesting because I think um, the sort of exploration of siblinghood in this movie. I was just talking about it this morning of siblinghood being this the sort of like funhouse mirror to a nature nurture debate. We're in this. In the story of in the story of all my puny sorrows these two sisters who grew up with the same circumstances overall you know kind of different innate talents and, and differences but at the same time under mostly the same circumstances could wind up with such two distinctly different worldviews um, and I think looking at the kind of funhouse mirror side of how the Canada and the U.S. can inform each other as to what is innate, what can be shifted, what is possible, um, how society is organized, that these things are actually a really important part uh, of any political conversation that I hope Canadian cinema can bring um, more awareness to, in in subtle ways, like it's not, we're not waving Canadian flags in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> though we should be I was going to say
0: <laughs> all, all the all the stereotypes right oh we're throwing maple syrup at you yeah, <laughs> exactly. you know then you send out hockey sticks as it yes, yeah yes. exactly exactly yeah.
1: I mean th- this is not a light character of, <laughs> no. is that you're playing do, do you bring any of that home at night
2: I think I used to I mean th- like during the play I did with Jeff Daniels I, um, when we were talking about continuing it, uh, beyond our off-Broadway run, I was like, I, I honestly don't think I can physically or mentally handle that. Mm. Um, it, it was really rough. I also think that was the time in my life. I mean, um, I think, I think a lot of, uh, I think there's two things. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what method acting is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we also have a pretty toxic workplace culture Mm -hmm. in this country. And I think the two have combined to be like, never leave your work. Um, Your work is your identity, which is both like capitalist and weirdly method and also strangely like individualist and all the weird things um and so I've worked really hard especially since the birth of my kiddo to go yeah. like oh I don't have the luxury of just being a crazy person when I take on a role like I can't just like stop being myself I mean I can't even imagine how terrifying that would be if I just came home and I had a new accent
1: right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah.
2: like oh, hey, Wilder, it's really great to see you. It's your mom, although I won't respond to my actual name and you can't make eye contact. (laughs) Well, especially
0: if you and your husband are both working at the same time. Yeah. And you come home and it's like, mommy and daddy have switched.
2: Yeah, no, it's really, so uh, luckily I've, I've come around to a different perspective, which is like, yes, prepare as much as I need to, rehearse as much as I need to, do the work, um, and then, you know, I mean, in the case of all my puny sorrows, I, I, drive home, my mom, uh, came up to stay with us. So, you know, either she or I would get dinner ready and I'd have supper and do the kiddos bath. Um, and then, you know, set to work on the next day's thing. And if I didn't have too early a call time, be able to make her breakfast. Mm-hmm. And, and so the grounding nature of my actual life has, I think, provided, um, a greater access to and control of the emotions I need to to get mm-hmm. to without like destroying my sanity.
1: Well, I was going to say one big, two big votes for sanity. Yeah. Here.
0: <laughs> but, but but also a beautiful thing that as you get older, you learn that yeah. and you understand that the most important part of your life is your family yeah. and and how wonderful that your mother can be a part of it you know, and, and that she can help that. And, and that your daughter has time with her because, you know, as I say, living with my parents, I love seeing my daughter with my parents. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, we do have to let you go. Apparently I thought we had you for, you know, the next seven hours, but I'm wrong. <laughs>
2: um,
0: uh, do tell your husband we're coming for him.
2: All right. I will we're gonna let him get him.
0: Go. We're going to get him one of these days. All right. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Truly, we've been fans for such a long time and it's it's a real thrill to get to speak to it's you. It's a
1: pleasure to talk to you today.
2: Thank you guys so much. Thanks I hope con- everything goes better.
0: Bless you.
1: <laughs> Continued success to you, Alice.
2: <laughs> Thank Take you care. guys. Have a wonderful
0: day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, again, there, there's nothing better, honestly, than getting to see someone that you've been a fan of for such a long time succeed, uh, get better and better with age uh, and then continue to be a really lovely person. Yep. You know, it's not a requirement that, that the actors you love are, are nice people, but it sure is lovely when they are.
1: Yes, yes. And it couldn't hurt.
0: It couldn't hurt. <laughs>
1: you
0: no, know, she, she, she really is talented. And folks, if you're not as familiar with some of her early work, go back. As I say, she's been in a ton of indie films, uh, and she makes interesting choices. Uh, you know, she not it's it's I mean the idea that you can be in an Aaron Sorkin show, uh, you know, Cohen Brothers movie, and then do something that's itsy bitsy, yeah. uh,
1: and then go back and nourish yourself as a, a theater person.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, which he clearly is.
0: Yes, very much, very much so.
1: And uh, in the theater of life, where do people find us?
0: (laughs) You'll find us next to our barking dogs. Uh, uh, I am at Jesse Malton. You are at Leonard Malton on Twitter and Instagram. You are also on Facebook. Uh, We have our YouTube channel, Malton on Movies, there. uh, And my dad's website, leonardmalton.com.
1: And there's Patreon. If uh, you want to support what we're doing, we appreciate that. And we have different incentives to uh, kind of Impel you.
0: Yeah, Leonard Malton will hand-deliver your you. newspaper. Uh, <laughs> Alice Malton will won't make be you...
1: It won't be a current newspaper. No, well, They're that's not
0: part of the deal, is it?
1: Anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash maltononmovies. Patreon.com slash Movies to find out more. Tune in next week. See you then. Today's episode of Malton on Movies is brought to you by Legion M, the world's first fan-owned entertainment company. If you love movies as much as we do, Why not own a piece of them? Find out more at www.legionm.com.